Hey, greetings from upstate New York, everybody. Yeah, I'm here speaking to you from Hillsdale, New York. I'm in an uh, attic bedroom of a farmhouse here, and it is hot. It is hot in this farmhouse, and I have some delicious hot coffee to drink while I'm doing this hot show. Mmm. Episode 57 never tasted so good. Um, What is happening this week, ladies and ladies and gentlemen? A big shout out to the ladies. I had a great weekend at Morty's in Indianapolis. I just have to say that to start right off. Thank you so much, everybody who came out to Morty's to see the show. And if you didn't come out to see the show, shame on you. You missed a great show. Uh, Not just one great show. I think it was five great shows. We had a good time. It was me, my feature act, Drew Lynch, who you've got to see someday. Ms. Pat stopped in to do some guest sets. She's she's my new uh, friend. Hope to have her on the podcast one of these days. Did I mention Drew Lynch? I think I did. And Bowers, who owns the club, he emceed a couple shows. Todd McComas, it was a great show. And I did a Bowers podcast. They have a podcast right at Morty's. And uh, I did that podcast. And I will let you know in the future when you can listen to me on that. Like, you don't have enough work to do. <laughs> You've got a lot of, you got a lot of things you got to listen to. You're busy, important people. But uh, eventually, you got to get out of the house. Who knows? You could be out of the house right now. As always, if you're on the treadmill, I invite you to crank it up. But uh, if you're not on the treadmill and you're thinking, what am I going to do coming up on the weekend? Well, I'm going to be some places and I can tell you all about it right now. Coming up um, August 28th through September 1st, that's of 2013, I'll be in Washington, D.C. at the D.C. Improv. And I highly encourage you to make it to those shows because that is one of the most fun comedy club rooms in the country. I really, the shows always go great. So Washington, D.C., 1140 Connecticut Avenue, August 28th through September 1st, the D.C. Improv. Then I'm going to be up in the Seattle area, Kirkland, Washington, at Laughs, September 20th through 21st, Laughs in Kirkland, Washington, outside of Seattle. Uh, October 16th to 20th, I'll be in Minneapolis, Minnesota at Acme Comedy Club. Before then, I'll be at the L.A. Podcast Festival, October 4, 5, and 6. I don't know exactly where and what I'll be doing, but it'll be something like this. Uh, November 7 through 9, I'll be at Denver, Colorado at the Comedy Works, comedyworks.com. It's a great place, another great room. It's like a theater in the basement of a cool part of town. Coming back to Chicago at Zany's in November. Um... The end of November, December, I'll be down in Fort Lauderdale at the Improv, and then December five through or eight, December five through eight, I'll be in Cleveland, Ohio at Hilarities, taping my next comedy special. So um, if you would like to come and see that be taped, it's going to save you a lot of time later watching it on TV, or you can watch it on TV later with other people, and you can say, "Hey, I was there when they taped that thing." What about that? So December five through eight, Hilarities in Cleveland. I'm not. I'm trying not to just burn you out too much on um, plugs for my shows because this is a show. This is the show. You've attended this show. You've attended episode, uh, I think it's 57. It is still 57. We're only a few minutes in, everybody. Calm down. Don't don't go too crazy. Well, what have I learned? I've learned a lot in this last week. I've really, really had a good time. Uh, as I said in Indianapolis, again, I missed the Indy 500. I, I, I should look it up when it's there because the odds of me coincidentally being in town when they're having the Indy 500 are super slim. I'm going to take another sip of this coffee. Oh, that is good. I'll tell you what else I didn't do while I was in Indianapolis. I did not uh, go to the state fair. And they have the state fair uh, 
while I was there. I mean, before and after I was there, where they have deep-fried butter at the state fair. Boy, they've just about finished it then. Once they've deep-fried butter, ladies and gentlemen, it's we're just about at the end of our civilization uh, because there's nothing else we can deep-fry. And really, that's what we've all been trying to do. Once we deep-fry butter on the moon, then, man, we will really have it made. But uh, until then, they're deep-frying butter in Minneapolis. I don't know what they're doing at the State Fair in California. I'm going to have to visit that. I did visit that one time. It is an awesome display of humanity. Let me tell you what else is an awesome display of humanity. You fly into Newark, uh, New Jersey, and then you drive up the, uh, whatever they call it here, freeway, highway. They don't call it the interstate, but it's like the interstate, the turnpike. Is it a turnpike? I think it's a turnpike. And uh, they have the place where you pull off the road to get your little snack, you know, I'm not talking about a rest area where they just have bathrooms and vending machines. And I'm not talking about an exit where you might get off and visit the world uh, proper. You know, you can go anywhere when you get off at an exit. You get on another road, which goes to another road. I'm talking about in New Jersey. When you get off at the at the little, it's a combination rest area and then fast food mall food court kind of a place. A truck stop. It's a combination of all those things. A truck stop, a bathroom and a shopping mall food court that you can only you, you can only be there or get back on the freeway. You can't go anywhere else in the world from there. And it is like, it is like uh, I don't know, it's like what the gym locker room shower floor is to bacteria. That is, that is what that place is to humanity. I mean, I was there. I'm not saying bad about the other people because I was there too. Everyone is at their kind of hungriest, sweatiest, I got to go to the bathroom best. And uh, you really get to see a lot of people, you know, dealing with their humanity in a place like that. And I enjoy, it was the kind of places I described that my wife would never want to be. She's a sophisticated lady, and I hope to have her on the podcast in a little, in a few minutes. But she's a sophisticated lady. I mean, she doesn't even like to go to the food court at the mall. You can forget about Costco. She's not going there. She doesn't even like to be at the car wash, okay? But this place, it was like, what? I thought it was going to be like when you try and put a cat into a box, and they just spread their legs out like, you are not putting me in that box, you know? And no matter how you try and turn them, they turn their legs so they won't be put into the box. Or when you're walking a dog and they want to, they don't want to go somewhere, and they just stop and sit down, and you pull the leash, and they just sit there and like, no, I'm not going there. That's how she was going to, I thought she was going to be at the rest area, but she sort of embraced it wholeheartedly and came in and started to pick out foods from the, they had a Starbucks in there, and so that, that was probably the most sophisticated choice uh in the place but in the little uh you know they also had a convenience store and in the convenience store there was a little display stand where they had some healthy sandwiches and i i, I was able to figure out where the uh, healthy chicken taco thing was and i got one of those and she did enjoy that so it's a good story thanks for listening thanks for being part of the podcast you know what else can i tell you this week well i have my harper's magazine and so i've, I've got some things for us to talk about until my my wife shows up and her friend our friend tessa um this is the harper's magazine from august 2013 so these are fresh tidbits that i've got for you estimated number of americans who have top secret security clearance how many americans do you think have a top secret security clearance well let's back up for a second how many americans do you think they are there are there's, I'm just going to answer that in case you don't know. It's somewhere, it's over, it's north of 300 million, right? But I think it's south of 350, you know. It's, I think it's probably still south of 310. But a lot of those people are babies. 
don't forget that. And some of those people are super old, so you can rule those out. So there's nowhere near 150 million people even who have a top top secret security clearance. So, but how many do you think it would be? Thousand, two thousand? It's one point four million. One million four hundred thousand people have a top secret security clearance. So, what does that tell you about how? <laughs> that's why we don't. That's why it's hard for us to keep secrets. Okay, because eventually. You got to start letting in some guys who are just getting ready to get a sex change operation, and then those guys might leak your secrets. Um, I'm not, uh, I'm not calling out anybody individually. I'm just saying that that could happen. You you might have a few in the 1.4 million people who got a top secret security. It's hard to even. How many people do we have taking a look at the people who got top secret security clearances? I mean, how many of those 1.4 million are just in charge of making sure? that the rest of them should have a security clearance. Not enough. That's what I think, because we got some people that are violating this, their security clearances. But, you know, in my opinion, some of those people are whistleblowers, but I don't want to get into that. Anyway, a lot of people have got top secret security clearances, and I'm assuming that, uh, it, as with me, most of you do not have a top secret security clearance, so you don't know anything secret. You probably didn't even know what I just told you about the top secret security clearance. It would be nice to know some top secrets, but then the problem... When once you finally find out some top secrets, then you feel like, boy, I can't believe this. This is a terrible secret. I want to tell someone. Well, it's not a secret when you start telling people. See, that's the problem, ladies and gentlemen. If you start looking in your spouse or your boyfriend or your girlfriend's uh, cell phone records or internet browser history, what if you find something out? Then are you going to confront them? Are you going to, are you going to say, hey, how come you've been texting this lady or how come you've been visiting this website? Well. First, first order of business, what I would say if I was the person who got called out on that is like, hey, look, we can talk about why I was calling some lady or texting some lady. Maybe I was shopping for a birthday present for you. And she's a person who I think might be similar to. But first of all, you're a spy. You've been spying on me. And that is naughty. So that's the problem with having a top secret security clearance. You're, you're a spy. And spying can be naughty unless you're doing it for good. Let's hope all 1.4 million of those people are spying for good and not evil. They are on our side. Those are Americans, right? Technically, they're all on our side. Let's all get on the same page about that. All of us Americans got to be on the same side of everything. That doesn't mean we got to condone everything that we're doing because some of that's the average annual cost. Speaking of things that I'm not sure I condone, average annual cost of detaining an inmate in the military prison at Guantanamo Bay. What's it cost to keep a guy in there um, per year? You know what it is? You want to take a guess? nine hundred thousand dollars that's what it costs to detain a, an inmate at guantanamo bay i got a feeling you could put them up in the four seasons in la and everybody would be happy it'd be cheaper you know they wouldn't leave they're not leaving the four seasons in los angeles you can be unlimited room service you just you just gotta be you just can't leave the lobby we catch you going out we cut you off it's back to guantanamo bay i think we could probably make that deal for a half a million save ourselves 400 grand and to go buy ourselves a nice big screen TV. Everybody. You know what it costs to keep a person in a Supermax prison in the United States? Supermax? You know what that costs? Oh, here comes my wife. That costs $65,000. So, here's here's the deal. If we move the people from the Guantanamo Bay where it costs $900,000, put them in a Supermax, uh, that's $65,000. We, we got roughly $800,000 to play with. So, how many big screen TVs is that? You know? And the Supermax prison, that's where Ted Kaczynski is. I don't think those are any trip to Hollywood, to go back to the Four Seasons idea. You know, I don't think anybody's getting in line to stay at a Supermax, but uh, 
if if we had anything to say about the budget, we might consider moving these people either uh, out of Guantanamo Bay, either into a supermax prison or to the Four Seasons in uh, Los Angeles, because both of those <laughs> would be cheaper than Guantanamo Bay, where we, which is where we got them. Um, okay. Hi. Oh, everybody's Hello. here. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Great. Hi. Well, um, shout out. You kind of have to kind of gather up a little bit. Uh, we've only got the one microphone along. I was just. You can jump in with what I was talking about. Um, do you know that the? Uh, well, first, my guest, my wife, Belinda. Uh, hello, hello. It's me. Yeah, you know her. <laughs> you don't need any more. And then, and then our friends Tessa and Ian, who, who own this uh, farmhouse that we're in. The I think this is the hottest room. Wouldn't you say? It's definitely the warmer. It's the warmer room. It traps heat. It's supposed to. Yeah, but yeah, sound. It's, it's really good for sound. So yeah. we can sacrifice. I think it's good for sound. Who knows? We'll see. I'll, I'll probably get some complaints later on. I'm sweating a little bit because I've been up here for a while. You know who else is sweating? Um, the detainees at Guantanamo Bay. Do you know what the average annual cost of detaining an inmate at uh, the military prison at Guantanamo Bay is? No idea. $900,000. Wow. Do you know what it costs for to put them at a supermax prison in the U- in the US? The same? No. 65,000. Wow. We could be saving some money. My question that I want to know is what would it cost to just stay at the Four Seasons in it? Four Seasons in LA for a whole year. For a whole year. It's yeah. less than 900 grand, I think. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> By some Yeah, that we could then, save money. If we just put them up at the Four Seasons in yeah. LA. They yeah. wouldn't leave. They're trying. They would love to escape from Guantanamo Bay. But if I was a detainee and somebody put me up at the Four Seasons in L.A., free room service, forget it. Yeah, sure. Jake, yeah. why do you hate our freedoms? <laughs> <laughs> I don't hate our freedoms. I'm a petty pincher. I'm trying to save money. <laughs> you're trying to you're trying to give them some freedoms. Yeah. Look, why don't we just let them run loose and we'll check into the Four Seasons in L.A. What yeah, about that, that? With the savings, it's a pull heater. Yes. It is here. Yeah, yeah. And you've also got the bar full of hookers. Ooh, that's an upside. Yeah. 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 So how yeah. it sounds so classy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and don't forget to visit our bar full of hookers. <laughs> yes. They don't tell you that though. That's like a secret. The they do not advertise that. No, but everyone I know who stays there, men say you go down to the bar at the Four Seasons on Do- there on Doheny, and it is full of yeah high. I, I had no idea. High, yeah, high priced call huh. girls. Yes, yes. Yeah. You will price. never be lonely at the Four Seasons in Los Angeles. Yeah, when we get back from this hick town, I got an idea for a night out. Because <laughs> I'm saying the bar at Hillsdale, not so much. Not full of high end yeah. hookers. Yeah, yeah. the no. red light district of Hillsdale is. Uh, <laughs> It's been, been found wanting. Yeah. yeah. I don't think there is a red light here. You know, you don't have a stop sign. We don't even yeah. have a... In the there's town, no... Yeah. You know, let alone a, let alone a whorehouse. You but, could go to the Four Seasons for Greg's, um, uh, his bachelor party. Honey, we're in the podcast right now. <laughs> I'm not allowed <laughs> we're to not, say that. No. We're not just having a conversation oh, sorry. about our friend. Sorry, I just had an idea. Yeah, yeah we could go to the Four Seasons for Greg's bachelor party, it. but uh, I don't think he's going to want to do that. We're not really going to get... It's a joke. Are you saying it'd be all right if I went out and got a hooker for? Oh, I've got, I've got party? some, I've got some rules, but I don't think we can go into those on the podcast. Yeah, Tessa and I had a uh, a rule for a while, which is you can do whatever you want as long as the story's really good. Oh. But then I asked about that a few years ago, and she's like, "Uh." Uh-uh. Well, I just didn't feel like there was a story good enough. Well, I mean, who gets to decide how good the story is? Uh, <laughs> I mean, wait, weightlessness. Huh. All right, run it by me. All right. <laughs> We'll, well, you don't have to go to space for that, right? They have those things where you, they get the they just yeah. take the flight on a parabolic curve. Still going to be expensive. It is. That's an expensive cost prohibitive. Yeah. 
I don't know what what let's well then, like okay though. most expensive orgasm who's got a story <laughs> the parabolic that's pretty good wow. yeah that would be an expensive that's, one that's, that's but it's some kind of trip to a fantastic place or well maybe this isn't a good story because we're all married and it's probably not going to be one that we've had with each other it's going to be some other well i went to madrid basically for an orgasm and um it was expensive emotionally and and actually took all my money out of my bank account and uh it didn't work out so well right it didn't work out and she became a lesbian Right. Wow. Uh, did you get the orgasm? At, at I least? did. I did. And on a scale of one to ten, it was actually really great. It was just outside the Prado, um, and we had just seen uh, Goya's black paintings, you know, from his black period. So mm-hmm. It was a uh-huh. hand job. It was an color. alfresco orgasm. No, well, no, that means more, outdoors, everybody. What's <laughs> <laughs> oh, a chiaroscuro? <laughs> Uh, <laughs> what does that mean? Uh, behind dark, a curtain. Right? Like, 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 behind dark. a curtain, out the curtain. Yeah. Behind the curtain. Uh, it's a was, There's like a public was, park in there, and it was like I think we were behind like some sort of boxwood tree, and it was a uh, um, yeah. That that cost a lot of money. How yeah. old were you? Yeah, I was 23. 23. You flew yourself over there. Was she there already? Uh, she was there already. I'm assuming she, right? It was a she. Yeah, it was a she. she turned into a lesbian. Yeah, right? it had so to be a she. Yeah. It was a she. Yeah, and she was fabulous at that particular thing. So you know. yeah. I, I thought I, I did the cost I did the actuarial table and uh, came up thinking it was probably a good idea. It was worth uh-huh. it overall. Yeah, it seemed like it made sense. That's the thing about orgasms; they all seem like whatever you have to pay for them is worth it <laughs> yeah. before, and yeah. then right after it's like, oh, geez, yeah. I'd have rather had the money for that. Yeah, 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 shame. yeah ten years later. Ten years later, I'm saying, I'm saying <laughs> ten seconds later. I know, but you're a guy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we assess it on a whole different level. Yeah, well. We're the ones who were paying for the orgasms. I feel like not to be sexist. That's a good question. Right. How long does how long did the afterglow last when you were like twenty two? Well, my method, my modus operandi at that point was to fall in love, to fall hopelessly in love. I was a, I was not a classic guy. I mean, it was a, I, that is a kind of a classic guy move to yeah. just if you if you're with a lady, you have an orgasm, you're like we should we should probably get married because that was the greatest thing that's ever happened to me. Right. <laughs> I had that. You were and, sort of you know, like that, right? I was. I was, but then there was always that point after you know the act of sexual congress, where you know you're sort of like wondering what's it all about, Alfie. You know, I don't know. Mm-hmm. But maybe I'm just a depressive, and, and Jake is obviously not. He's a romantic depressive. He's a romantic depressive. I think we're rapidly going beyond the scope of the podcast. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna, do, do you want to hear a story about me and a horse? I would like to hear. <laughs> I think that's a good segue. I don't know. Who's everyone just stood up? A lot of people just jumped off the treadmill. Yes, I want to hear that story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So anyway, I'm. Uh, this is a, this is a dream, and there's not. Uh, it's and I'm not going to have sex with the horse. I'm just going to put that right out there at the beginning. This is not a. This is not I'm a done. real you yeah, and yes. a horse. This is you and a horse in a dream. This is me and a horse in a dream. But this is quite a magical. So what happens in the dream is I'm on this very big black horse, and the, <laughs> <laughs> yes, okay. it's, it's usually okay. It's usually it's pretty it's hard to interpret these dreams if you're not a professional. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. So you're on a big black horse. I'm on a big black horse, horse. and it's very tall. I mean, it's well over 18 hands high in the very beginning of the dream. At 18 hands, each hand is uh, four inches. So I'm on this 18 hand high black horse. It's got a halter on with a rope. And that's all it has. And it's just got one rope on one side of its neck. So there's no way I'm going to be able to control it. And I look down, and there's a policeman standing there. And I go, oh, I'm on a police horse. And I go, well, he, th- I'm on a police horse. There's a policeman. He can help me. 
but I and I yell, hey, can you help me? I'm on this police horse. And he takes absolutely no notice of me. He could not. He doesn't even hear me. And then I start walking towards the town. But as I walk towards the town, the horse gets bigger to the point where, where there are a lot of people down there who could help me. The horse is two stories tall. And I'm looking down and I know this horse is super dangerous. And I say to the people around me, hey, could you help me, please? I'm on this really, you know, dangerous horse. I need help. And they all just look up at me and no one does anything. Cut to, then I'm walking the opposite direction in the town. There are even more people. You're and still the horse on the horse. Now, but now it's four stories high. I'm like, hey, could you help me out? No one wants to help me out. Then the next thing that happens You can't is, even have your legs over the side of the horse. You're doing some kind of Chinese split on top yeah, of the Yeah, I'm just on the splits on top of this complete, this four-story high you know, horse that's getting bigger. And I know it's super dangerous that I'm really you know, out of my lead. You need to get down off yeah, the Yeah, I horse. need to get down off the horse. Cut to, I'm down off the horse and I'm running. And I end up running down this sort of alley because I know this big, enormous horse is somewhere and it's going to do something really bad to me. And I run around the corner and I'm in this tight little sort of area and I look and there you are, Ian, and you're some kind of wild farrier guy. You're going to be shooing two horses, but you're also... Who's you're the only, other horse? Hang on just a, a minute. A farrier is a guy who, put, who yeah, puts the hot the shoes... On, yeah, the smithy, who puts the, the shoes on the horse. I'm a smithy. You're a smith. Yeah, you're a no, smithy. No, I think a smithy and a farrier are two different things. <laughs> the blacksmith and the horseshoe guy are not necessarily... This. That could be two jobs. There's some overlap, right. though. But you could be both. It's yeah. a dream, a for crying out loud. A farrier. Is he giant? Because yeah. no, the horseshoe but, would be as big as But here's the thing that's interesting about you is you're naked from the waist up and you are unbelievably muscly. Like in the dream, I'm almost like, Ian! That six pack, it's unbelievable. And you're really sweaty and you've got, you're at the fire with the horseshoes. Should I keep going? Do you like the story? I do. <laughs> yeah. Do you need Tessa and I to leave? Do you guys want to be alone? I mean, geez, this is really a pretty racy dream. But anyway, I but keep, what are you? I keep waiting for like, there's like, it kind of had the setup to a big punchline joke. No, no. This is a real dream. This so is, it doesn't, it may dream. not have a payoff. It could, may have an, and then I woke up. No, 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 no. So then what happens is, <laughs> well, here's a minor payoff. Just minor, just minor. I'm going to set you up right now. So then, and I'm saying to Ian, so Ian's got these two and the horses that are with Ian are really muscular as well. Like ridiculous. The horses have six packs and he's about to put these really hot <laughs> shoes on them. Wait just a minute. The horses have six <laughs> yeah, packs. Yeah. Oh, horses are really, really muscly. You know those, uh -huh. oh, anyway. So then I say to Ian, Ian, we are really in danger. There's this enormous horse on the loose, like a huge, gigantic horse. And Ian, well, so you've gotten down off the horse now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, luckily I'm off the horse that. and I'm running and I and I and I mm -hmm. want somewhere safe. And Ian doesn't believe me. He just wants to put the the hot metal shoes that he's got that are in the fire on these horses, and he doesn't believe that we're in danger. I don't think you put them on you the horses put, when yeah. they're hot. That would hurt. I mean, that's no, they a, are, but in the dream you do. It in the dream melts you into the hoof. Kind no, of it thing? doesn't melt into the hoof. But you have to. You have to get shape them hot them enough to, the to shape them to the hoof. So you shape you do them, with but it? then you put them in the water and cool them off, and then you put them yes, on the horse. Yes, then you put them on. But Ian is if so If anyone macho. is listening to this, trying to learn how to blacksmith or put a shoe on a horse, please really consult another source before you move forward. This is not a lesson for a farrier. No, not absolutely not. So then I, I, I try to tell you about this big horse, and you just don't care. You're so macho and so sort of sweaty and muscly. You're just kind of like, whatever, Belinda. And I cower behind this weird sort of hedge thing that's, and the two your two horses are on our side of it. And then suddenly the black horse goes flying way up over our heads, and it flies towards what is a um, a power plant. It's not a coal plant, but it's somewhere they, where they make electricity. And I say, you know, Ian, this is going to be really bad. That enormous horse is flying into the you know gener electricity generating power plant thing over there. And then the next thing is there are flames flying through the sky, and then this ho the giant horse is going overhead. But now the horse is cooked because it's been 
It's, okay, it's a dream. So the horse is red. It's like cooked barbecued horses coming back over us. And there are flames falling out of the sky. And it's not until your hair is on fire, because I can see these bits of, and I'm going, Ian, Ian, come over here. And then it's finally when he's on fire, then he believes me and I'm able to pull you through. I mean, you're gr trying to get through the hedge as well. And we're both taking cover from the enormous fly. So I didn't know something you didn't. I was just being blindly moronic, right? Well, well, you were just being sort of so kind of macho. I'm doing my job. I'm sweaty. I'm muscly. I'm it's putting sort of, yeah, you so know, it's... I feel like it's like the myth of Cassandra. Do you know that myth where she is cursed with both seeing the future and, and no having one believe her? her? Yeah. Right? Yes, it's a very yeah. Cassandra dream, right? Yes, I'm a little bit of a Cassandra. Well, a flying yes. horse on fire sounds a little more like <laughs> Pegasus Phoenix. Yeah, there's thing, some other you know. mythological images. Yes, it is. There are, there are a lot of myths going on, and you could really analyze, I suppose. Yeah, it sounds like a terrorist act at a barbecue to me. Yeah. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> well, when the horse goes back over, too, it's not going over vertically. It's going over horizontally. So you just see this enormous like horse a, on its side. Like a Chagall. Uh -huh. Yeah, yeah, it's totally... Yeah, it's a Chagall yeah, horse flying past us. That is quite the, vivid. Well, that, yes. an impressive that's yeah, a crazy actually. dream. Now, let me ask you, did mm. you just have that dream... So we just got here yesterday. Is this when did you have this dream? I had this dream a week ago, and it was one of those dreams that was so vivid. And because we were coming here, and we we're going to be staying with Tessa and Ian, or just because it was so wild, I was like, I have to commit this dream to memory. Because there was another good dream that night, but I can't remember anything that happened that. There were some Roman centurions, but blah, blah, blah. But this dream... <laughs> I... oh, oh, all your dreams involve some kind of ultra super macho image thing. Did you have these happen when I was at home, or was I even around, or... Like, I'm the weepy guy who wants to marry somebody who has an <laughs> orgasm with, and you're dreaming of big black horses and blacksmiths and Roman centurions. And, like, am, are you sure I'm the right one for you? Yeah, uh, you're totally the right one for me. But I had to commit this to memory because I thought, I have to tell Ian this dream when I get, you know, to upstate New York of, of him not believing me and then the horse and the... I like that his hair was literally on fire, too. That is such a, you know, we use that phrase. We bandy that about. But mm. your dream, it was his hair was actually on fire. There was these... Hair. Yeah, his red, red hair. There were there were these flowing embers coming down, and I was going, you know, look, and he, you wouldn't even look up. He was so, you know. And then the next thing, when your hair is your red hair is flaming. Did you not tell me this dream because you thought I would want to cancel the vacation? <laughs> <laughs> would you have? I, <laughs> no, well, I set my hair on fire last night, actually. Did you? Yeah. How but, so? What were you, you doing? Torches. Oh right. Yeah. yeah. Oh, the tiki I haven't torches. Done that in a long time. I mean, it happened. <laughs> it happened every night in college. Not me, but. You know how girls always try to light their cigarettes on the on the stove? stove? Sure. Like there's there. a nation of sorority girls out there with like you know forced bangs because they burn half of them off on the stove. And then right? once mm -hmm. you've smelled hair on fire, you know that smell. Yes, yeah, so nice. That life. was last night. Yeah. yeah. The Yankee candle doesn't make one of those hair on no, fire candles. Mm -mm. It is bad. Or singed eyebrows is bad too from when you've been lighting your cigarette on the. Oh, you've done that? We had a guest this uh, jartacular. This is a party we throw at this farm every year, and. Um, she was sitting talking to her. She was quite drunk, and she was trying to light her cigarette over and over and over and over again until our friend said, I think that's a Pez dispenser. <laughs> and it was. She was using the Pez dispenser as the lighter? Yeah. Yeah, but like her story was like, like so important. It was like, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I can't. I'm only partially I concentrating mean, on lighting this with a Pez dispenser. Otherwise, I would realize. the Pez dispenser just for the prop, actually. I'd love to see the Pez dispenser after the show. Yeah, possible? we I'm should. Sure someone's hack that, right? You could yeah. do that. You're a you're a master farrier. You Put a lighter in a Pez dispenser. <laughs> yeah, I think we could do that pretty easily. Yeah, yeah. we yeah. might have to break the Pez dispenser a little. Yeah, you know. yeah, yeah, and you don't want the children playing with it after, but. 
No, no, that's not the best dispenser for them. She also, in the middle later in that conversation, said to my friend, she said, are you a lesbian? <laughs> my friend said, no, I just have short hair. <laughs> are you a lesbian? Are you a lesbian? Isn't there only one reason that you should be asking that question? Is that you're a lesbian and you want to yeah, you want to no, get it going? It wasn't her. No. I'm just curious. I get she, a book of everyone's sexuality. She was just wildly. I don't know how to put what to put she, down by. She's you. just wildly inappropriate. So whatever, mm-hmm. anything she could, she just said. I always feel like there needs to be one wildly inappropriate person per giant party, though. Ian will always invite that person too because he feels that that's important. I not so much. I don't feel like. Yeah, he needs to be, I find that yeah, I usually go now. way over one. Oh, really? <laughs> You're going to really enjoy going to New Zealand, Ian, because there are a lot of wildly inappropriate women. Oh, well, good. but in the a good women. way. But they're in not a good really, way. Just like yeah. this person is in a in a good way. Because right. she no, she could be listening. You don't know. Yeah, yeah. No, but but in a, yeah, in a good, you'll enjoy it. They're they're very entertaining and they sort of fun at dinner parties. But that was the thing I noticed you know, going home on our trip. It's like, oh yeah, that's the thing about New Zealand women. It is very. They're more fun than American women. No, no, no. I'm not saying they're more fun. I'm no, just you saying... can say that. You can go out there. I want to know. I want to know everyone. It's one of my, my dearest friends. Yeah, no, no, no. That's, I, don't, I, don't, I don't feel upstage. Well, I why don't like, you... Let's I feel say... like there are a lot of people more fun than me. Ha! Huh. Well, I feel like... And they, they might live in New Zealand. There's definitely a difference, I think, between most American women and most international... You know, in our... In the... You know, I'm not talking about tribes, primitive tribes. I'm talking about... People who, yeah, who have cars and jobs and are similar lives to us, but they live in another country. Those women are different than American women. The men are too, I would suppose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 You know what there were a lot of in New Zealand besides sheep? Ian Williams's my name. That's if you true. look at my name, I'm it's like John Smith in New Zealand. Oh, everybody, really? you know, all the IanWilliams.com, .net, like you know, the, there's a, all the professors, everybody on the internet. That was the when I first when my first discoveries of early internet was that New Zealand is populated by people with my exact name. I never thought, so this is a thing that you did. You were, you were on the internet by yourself and you say, I wonder where the most, are there a lot of other Ian Williams? Well, if you, if you, this is the thing, like my name was always, in Iowa, no one could pronounce it. No one had, I mean, no one was named Ian when I was a kid. Nobody. Yeah, nobody's named Ian. And mm. it got popular. I have no idea why um, over the last like 15, 20 years. But in New Zealand and Australia, it was always and I guess like some part of Wales or whatever. Yeah, we have yeah we have a lot of Ians and Keiths and yeah. Keith, Keithism. There's a lot of Keiths here. Are there? Yeah. yeah. Craig's. You guys have Craig's. We have Craig. We don't have Craig's. How do See, you I can't hear the difference Craig. between that. You have Craig's and we have Craig's. No, what? you have you call them Craig and we call them Craig. You call them. Wait, you say a lot of words funny. Like Megan, we call that name Megan. What do you call Greg? Greg. <laughs> Yeah. No. <laughs> Greg. 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 Yeah. Greg. Yeah. Greg. Greg and Craig. Yeah, but wait, wait, wait. Can we go back to the? Can we go back New to the Zealand difference women? between yeah. the yeah, New Zealand women and the American women? Because yeah. you now are friends, and this is so. Well, this isn't from a man perspective. This is this from, is from a, my, my perspective. Well, the you're a lady, I, and you've been a lady your whole I, life. Yeah, I've, I've totally been a lady my whole life. You know. Yes. Um, so, well, no, the thing that you, I noticed when I first came here is that American women are more manicured, would be the way I would describe it, than New Zealand women. They're just more, you know... Metaphorically manicured. Yes, metaphorically... But you, you mean, know. you also mean hands and... Yes, and yeah, yeah, there's, there's a sort of, they're, they're more put together than, you know, than a, they're more, yeah, there's a different sort of level of sort of personal... Are you talking you about know, feet and hands or are you talking about everything? I'm to, I'm to, I, I am <laughs> yeah, talking about so. literally... I'm I couldn't figure out a way to ask that one. Yeah, I'm talking, literally I'm talking about agglutinated hair, yes, your fingernails and your toenails, yes, first of all, 
that American women are more manicured. I think Ian you know, was asking an upstairs downstairs. Question. Literally, you know. yeah. <laughs> upstairs, upstairs downstairs. What about the downstairs? The supply closet. You know? Right. Yeah. The whole the whole ticket. She's not taking the bait. No, no, I'm not going to take the bait. You're not even going to answer <laughs> no, that. No, no. But the thing is, no, but but it's but there is a there is a girl versus boys podcast. Obviously, I love that you're acting like you're not going to answer that because you're too sophisticated. <laughs> to answer that, I, I'm gonna, not going to let any of my teams down because I'm, you know, I'm on the American women's team and I'm also on the New Zealand women's team. But the, there's just a there's a different, you know. Is it some kind of a secret that ladies have about like this is what we're going to do with our downstairs hair? We're gonna we're not going to maintain it. We are going to maintain it. I mean, that's I, what we're just asking is there a difference between that between the Americans and the. New Zealanders. Yeah, I mean, I know a lot of people say that that's generational, but I bet there are a lot less women in New Zealand getting Brazilian waxes and doing all that stuff than there are here because they don't give a shit and they're like, this is how it is and you love me how I am and I'm not going to, you know, conform to anyone else's standards of, you know, who you think I should be or how you think it should look. There was this great, there's a New York Times magazine piece about this young actress who grew up in the Chelsea Hotel. This is her, do you remember her name? Interesting young actress. Anyway, oh, she... Oh, oh, Gabby Hoffman. Right. Young, young now, young. Gabby young Hoffman now, is now young. young. And she Still did... Because we were all young once. <laughs> right, no, this is current. Um, and she uh, did an independent film recently with full frontal nudity and she, the film went to Sundance and all these other young actresses came up to her and said, what was it like to wear a merkin? Which, I, you know, for your uneducated... Your, or your, your, I think we all know what a merkin <laughs> is, right, everybody? Yeah, um, right, it it's a, a pubic wig. It, yeah, there right, pubic wig. That's nice. That's like, yes. Yeah. It would have taken me longer to get there. Anyway, and she said... You know, I talk about Merkins all the time. Oh, you do? Okay, I'm so no. glad. That but <laughs> as a guy, we knew we knew what a Merkin you know. was from... Yeah. Yeah. So, so and she said to them, like, Whoa, I'm a human being who grows hair who needs a Merkin. Like, you just... She just grew it out. She keeps it that way. Well, that's how... We, that's also, a we also know somebody who was, in, who was full frontal naked in a very big movie and who did wear, wear a Merkin because... Yeah, Jeez. she grooms differently. But I'm right, saying... But that's oh, she a wore, stupid well, question. but you have a choice. It's like you either grow it out or you get a merkin, yes. right? If you're a but lady her, or a man. But her so, point, this young actress's point was like, this is so ridiculous to shave everything and then plaster some piece of wig to your Well, unless, unless you get the... Wait, could you say that again? Because I talked over you. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, Spell it no, out for us, Tessa. No, Go on. Ma, my wife said pussy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Very discreetly, right under Yeah, you said yeah. too. You just said yeah. too. It doesn't matter. We're all going to say it before it's over. <laughs> okay, but here's um, the thing. No, newsflash, newsflash. No, Do you no, know no, no. that the big 70s bush is back in? Yes, everybody. this is my point. I'm this, sort of, this is I, where I was headed. Yeah. I do yeah. because I visit uh, pussyhair.com quite frequently. <laughs> and so what's hot and, you know and what's not. That's where you click on what's hot, what's not, and you can find out. That's where all the romantic guys go. Like my husband. They go to bussier.com. Oh, I'm so glad someone's tracking the trend. I was, but I was, but to circle back, the reason that you would still ask that question is because what if your personal style was minimalist and then you got this part and they're shooting, like, hey, first day of shooting is the full frontal scene. We got to get a market. Don't they usually talk about it beforehand, right? They usually just a lot of lawyers a little before, yeah. Well, they do talk about it, but you, it is a chance that you could get a cast in a job where there's just not time to grow. A pussy beard. Sure. Yeah, yeah. And her. Case, I know I said it twice. Oh, man. Just, no one goes at that, Jerry. Like, pussy beard is that one <laughs> yeah. word, though, right? She That's was, a different word. She's pushing back, and she's at the she's at the forefront of this new wave to head back to the '70s situation. 
So yeah. I'm just saying, the grooming he- may be heading a more New Zealand direction. I don't want to imply that you said that, but I felt no, like no, it was no, no, yeah, but absolutely, because it's sort of why should I go through all this pain and do all this stuff to have a you know a pussy that looks like a porn star when that's not actually my, actually my that. real job? Yeah, oh, that's not my real job. Yeah, I oh. <laughs> everyone has played the trump card. Well, that's the other thing is in New Zealand you wouldn't be calling it that; you'd be calling it something different. But anyway, well, wow. all right. Oh, well, no. you know, everybody knows that oh, oh, because they're Anglophiles in New Zealand they, yeah, do so they call it Craig yeah. <laughs> Craig I got my Craig beard on yeah yeah but it's but it's a thing that's you know it's you know everyone has that we all have our charms but I think that I think going back to the 70s <laughs> they call it a fanny um, oh we do not do I thought that's it? what you said no we don't what do you call it Vag. Vag. That's not good. No, Vag is the no, we bad. No, but that's bad. that's before she called it that. And what was that movie? You know that movie that everybody loved. You know oh. that was written by you. Goodbye, Popper Spit. That one. No, the girl <laughs> who you know Diablo Cody. Before oh, she yeah. was calling that in her movie, I was like, no, we were calling that. You you call Juno, it a badge yeah. before Diablo Cody. Yeah, did. before Juno. Yeah. But no, we did, no, we don't call it that. We call it you know. You don't call it Juno. No, we definitely don't. Strictly Bonner. Tony Collette. Tony Collette. Heavenly was, Creatures. No, no, no. That was Melanie Linsky and... Uh, no, no. The one she did in Australia. Yeah. With, her first with movie. Rachel Griffiths. Yes. The really good one. That's It's Muriel's Wedding. Muriel's yeah, Wedding. Yeah, Muriel's yeah. Wedding. Oh, Muriel. You look great in that dress. Muriel. I feel like we're losing the plot a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> we're going all antipodean. But I, okay, I want to ask you some more questions about the way in which women are different in New Zealand than here. So manicure is one. Yeah, I think, I think that the thing is, I think New Zealand women are a little, they're not as careful sometimes they're a little more irreverent and don't give a shit what people think of them but sometimes because i've been thinking about this since going home sometimes maybe it's a bravado that you know Mm -hmm. as well but it also i mean when you think about oh i can't say you know but um yeah there's just it's just a slightly um yeah it's a slightly brash brasher sort of more ballsy and not feeling a sort of a need to you know be they care 15 well, percent less yeah there's the sort of there's not a sort of a feminine ideal and but the opposite you know. to me is it's funny because i think this is the flip side of the same coin that i would say is the difference between new zealand women and american women very generally and broadly speaking so not to stereotype but it seems like at least as far as our lives are concerned the, the sex life part of it, in America, women are highly manicured and made into these sort of objectified Barbie doll things a lot of times. But then when it actually comes to, okay, I'm attracted you that you caught a fish with that bait. They don't, they don't want to go fishing. They don't want to, I'm too mad. Really but they don't want to, they don't want to actually have, they want to dress <laughs> in a way in that really attracts the, the man. But then the actual sex part of it, they're like, well, I'd be doing you a favor if I did that. Whereas the opposite, oh, I feel like, is true. The New Zealand women have sex with their partners, and it's that's not a big deal, and it's not such a precious like, oh, if I do that, then you owe me something. And you know, whereas I, I feel like sometimes in America, am I making any sense? Well, so I yeah, mean, we're I, I've, we've had this fight for twenty years. <laughs> Well, only in that I... Can you articulate right it a little now? better than me? What do you fight about? Because yeah. I, should I, do you want, yeah. do you want to try and I'll say how what you said is not 
correct? No, no, <laughs> let's go the other way. You, you say what you up. think, and then she'll say what she thinks. Let's do it. Yeah, let's yeah, keep it simple that way. And then you can say what you think the other person thinks. This is coming from someone, me, who is obviously... My cheese is barely on my cracker, but... Women's is crazy once you have any sort of like physicality with them, and they, there is a certain expectation, there's a certain nutsiness, there's a certain uh, lack of perspective that somehow explodes nuclearly in your face, and <laughs> metaphorically, I feel, I feel as though, and then Tessa says that like that she just knows lots of women who just like to like to have sex. Ah, it's no big deal. Well, but that's it's not no an okay. Deal. Right, so let's okay. So, uh, like, like, where were they? I I'd never well, met. Well, you met anyone. and then married somebody, right? Who was well, like not? Yeah, totally. yeah, we both did, but it wasn't easy. I had to find someone from the other side of the earth. <laughs> And Ian has said it and wasn't easy to find you. I had to fly to Spain on some kind of an orgasm era. I know. We all got married when we were in our 70s. Yeah, all right. Here's the thing. I don't I don't dispute that. that I mean, obviously, you had the experiences you had, but you were the sort of slightly cheese-walling off your cracker kind of guy who might attract the girl no, who was no, a little no. bit already I, I, crazy fatal attraction-ish. That's just nice. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. What's you the cheese do... falling off your cracker? I mean... <laughs> Are you aware it. that he's a blacksmith and he's got a, a six farrier? A farrier. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What does he mean? Cheese falling off your cracker? He said he opened the door with the cheese falling. Here's what I'm saying, Ian, because he was the guy who was attracted the kind of chick he did, repetitively. <laughs> uh huh. Tessa is the most articulate in the bunch of us all. Yeah, sure. Um. And so it wasn't, I don't know. I mean, it just seemed to me that there there are women I know well, and I, I mean, who I was this, friends with who well, this, didn't have that same freak out involving catching a guy and then... And then tricking him, like having then, sex with him like crazy. And then once you, once you catch him and he's married, it's like, no, we're only doing that on your birthday. Right. You know? Yeah. That's that's what I'm talking about. It sort of feels like kind of an American attitude. Not all American women are that way. I mean, I I know ladies are listening to there's, the show, so I'm not bad coming, I'm yeah. sure. Yeah, 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 you can't be sort of saying that, yeah, that this is an American Except for my thing. listeners, okay? Except for my <laughs> listeners. All I'm saying is and they I... say that doing the same thing and expecting a different result, you know, doing the same sure. thing over and over and expecting a different result, that's the definition of crazy, and yet your evidence that it worked. Honey. But here's the I, other. I have I always also, chafed at that definition. I am on your side on this. I oh, will thanks, say. wife. Because what's the point of practicing something really hard until you get it right if that's also the definition of crazy? I think that's a. I think that's a fallacy. The whole doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results, because you keep doing something, you practice a sport over right. and, and over so again not, until you get a different result. No you're not actually, right. but, but, then you're emotionally. Ta- but then you're actually yeah, talking about you're not doing the same thing, and and that is true of what what I was doing as I was. I was still trying, I was still attracted to a similar type of person, but I was getting more aware of who I was, and I was also getting more aware of, yeah, okay, some things I'm attracted to similar, but I won't without this other right. thing. Right, component, yeah. And, uh, you know, Belinda's yeah. about 90%. <laughs> That's, she's you know, working on it. Yeah. Yeah. Partially manicured. <laughs> it's not the manicured part. That doesn't matter yeah, to no, me. I know, you know I don't that, care about that Yeah, stuff. no, I know, I know, I know. And this is, this, that was not what I was talking about. I was just talking about a personality thing. And then also, you know, yes, there is a sort of a level of sort of... Well, but that's you know, what I feel like. They're they're looking to make a genuine connection with another person, not trick them by some kind of appearance manicure. Yeah, but you know, whether really it's but I, I also I don't I don't making. think those women who are, are who are falling into this paradigm we're discussing are trying to trick anyone so much as they 
are coming at a feeling of deficit, right? So you're you feel less than you feel in some way there's a compensation. Well, happening. both what you're saying is going on and what I'm saying is going on could be happening simultaneously, subconsciously to make this. Right. You know, it's not yeah, a yeah, conscious yeah, yeah, yeah. thing that they're yeah. doing. Yeah, I, I don't think. <sighs> Man, <laughs> how do we get out of this one? Well, let me just say with a song. <laughs> do you have a song? Uh, uh, I can get a guitar. Yeah, yeah, I don't know if we have time for guitar. If this was my regular podcast rig, we could pause and we could record songs and we could do a lot of other things. But just the Next way it is time. now, we're just sweating it out in this attic. It is. It is getting pretty hot. But I do want to say, we, you, you know, you guys have just celebrated ten years of marriage, right? Yes. We have. Yes. Yeah. So there you go. And we are we are and, about to celebrate eleven years yeah, of marriage. Yeah. High so, five. Yeah, whatever, it's an yeah, it's one better. No, you know, you know, no, we're not saying that. I'm saying that. Well, I was, I did kind of want to, not, not that it's one better, but just that we'll see how you feel after. Yeah, yeah. If Jesus is having dreams about you, Jake, all dressed, you all sweaty. I was talking about this because I was just in Indianapolis, as I mentioned earlier in the podcast, and some of the guys I had working, I was working with, had been divorced a couple of times, and so we were talking about marriage, and I kind of feel like there is a once you're married, it's hard to get divorced and it's expensive to get divorced because you need to, tr- you really need to make an effort. And I feel like a lot of people just don't make an effort now. Maybe it is too easy to get to people just bail, you know, like, I mean, it has occurred to me to tell you just F you. I'm out of here, as I'm sure it has occurred to you. Never. But we've, but we've stuck oh, you've with actually, it. Oh, you've actually said the word divorce several times. I mean, that was, you know, so... Honey, everyone can listen to this. <laughs> I know, I know. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm just, I'm not, I'm yeah. like... Well, Tessa, in the end, has that word ever come up in your marriage? Well, we have a couple of rules. We have three rules, right? Yeah, we have the rule about not saying divorce, too. If you can't say the D word, You, we don't go to sleep angry. We violated that. No, we really haven't. Well, speak for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> no, honey, we, we, I, I have been keeping track. We never have. I mean, there's been like. I tried. Maybe you dozed off actually... and then you woke up and then you. We've done here's that. The, here's the thing: is that I don't think it's a terrible idea. Actually, I think you, you could, because by the next day things look better. You don't always have to talk everything through. On the other hand, I can't really sleep when I'm mad. So, so practice. You're not yeah, supposed I, to have a fight after 7 p.m. at night. You're really not supposed. I, to I don't think you should yeah. have have any important conversations once it's dark. I, I'm with that. I totally agree. Unless you're in some kind of vampire situation, and yeah. then that's where you're going to have to. Or a hostage situation. Yeah, there's or some hostage, other, right. There are a couple yeah. scenarios. Or there's a big black horse. Well, what's our third? Uh, no Duke. I don't know. I mean, what, I can't remember. No, that's for, right. for Lucy. For Lucy, yeah. No Duke, because you're no Duke a... Duke University. Because we yeah. went to Carolina. I'm glad that's out there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But here, I mean, I as somebody who... My, yeah, well, shout out to Belinda's mom. On the divorce, yeah, we t- we talk about we talk about. It. <laughs> Here's no, seriously, the thing. my father was uh, married five times and divorced four. So, and that was a, a long time ago. So, I don't think it's really so much a modern issue. I mean, I think it's always no. You know, I think it's, it's like just a, a pe- I think some people just don't really. I think some of those divorces are. Hey, I married the wrong person. We got to get out of here. But I think some of those divorces, in retrospect, to people feel like oh. I should have maybe tried a little harder because yeah. now after the experiences that I've had over the next 20 years once I got divorced, it, you kind of wind up in the same situation with a new person is what I'm saying. Yeah, it's yeah, it's hard to fair. be with another person. It's, it's hard. hard, yeah. I think that's right. And that it also, I think one of the, the things that's um, most interesting to me on the on the side of being now married 10 years is that 
you can have, and for friends of mine who are single or haven't had that long-term connection, like the reality is you can be really furious, like deeply through your bones, angry or enraged or hurt. And then you shift through that back to being with your best friend. And that, that all of that is in, in a marriage, like all in a long-term mm-hmm. marriage. It's the part whole, of it. Everything yeah, it's is it. in, it's not out. Like it doesn't, Arguing and having conflict doesn't mean there's a problem. It means that you're together, you know? I mean, it can be corrosive and dangerous, and you have to be careful and thoughtful about how you argue, and you get better at arguing, I think, but that it's all in. It's not a problem. It's part of the thing, you know? Well, I'm trying to be more patient now in terms of, like, if I'm having those intense feelings to try and, you know, wait a little while. Sometimes I succeed. Right. Sometimes I don't. Pausing is good. I think I'm better than I used no, to be. No, yeah, no, come yeah, on. absolutely. Well, the thing I think that we Boy, were Boy, that was last such night, a look you were giving me. No, but it was... <laughs> no, but it was... Just, well, well, I love... But the thing that we were saying last night, I think that it's good to get married later. Don't get married too young. Yeah, no. that's the thing I would Okay, let's just go yeah, but, around. But, what yeah. age do you think is a good age to get married? 35. 35. We waited a little later than Yeah, I was that. a little older than that. Yeah. How old? I think I was 32. 33. 32. 32. Yeah. yeah. 32 is a great age. I think at least 30. That at long, least 30. If you want kids, you better, you better uh, you get a high pull that fucking goalie. Oh, I'm sorry. Can you say that on your <laughs> yeah, podcast? You totally yeah, you can totally <laughs> yeah. say pull we that fucking goalie. Like you can say pussy times. beard. You can we, say we, whatever yeah. you want. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Pull a goalie means... Don't use... No birth control. Yeah. 35, you can get in there and have some kids. Know the person, obviously, well... But, you know, but well, no, like, there are people who get married younger. But what is the problem with men? Well, the pro- I think the problem is is that um, a, a, along your idea of like this kind of this ability to get divorced quickly, there, there's this eternal adolescence of men that is going into it used to end in around 18, then it was this point. Now it's into the late 30s, into the 40s, and. That has to be that has to cross over with a woman's fertility if you want to have kids. There, yeah, eventually like you got to be biologically. That yeah, has to end before your partner can't have kids anymore, and um, and that's that's a rough one because that can that can honestly be about ten minutes. You know, I feel like it was for us in some ways. We had ten minutes, but I wasn't full of shit anymore. And we could have a kid. And, oh. and, and that, bam, we did it. And then you made. I was forced into I was forced into action before it happened to me. At, 40. <laughs> oh my God. I was like, I don't want to, I don't think this is, what are you talking about? We We're have to ready. do it now? We don't have to do it now. We can wait yeah. another year. Yeah. No, I'm like, this minute. We have to do it this minute. Yeah. Worked out so well because we have kids who, you know, our awesome. kids are downstairs playing right now while we're having a totally naughty conversation up here in the sweaty attic. <laughs> yeah, sweaty. I'm a bit hot. And they're watching My Little Pony. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Start with a big black horse in with My Little Pony. There's the podcast, everybody. I feel like that's a good way to... Uh, now, let me... just. I wondered if I, I thought I might have another little statistic. The percentage of American cats that are overweight. You want to take a guess? What's the percentage of American cats that oh, are overweight? I'm going with 72 honey? I don't know, poor American cats. It could not be less important. (laughs) (laughs) Just guess a number. Um, 67%. It's 58%. You guys all went high. high. So so the good news is the the percentage of American cats that are overweight is less than you think. Cats are less Um, fat than American. I think the important thing is that we're all pretty close. 
to knowing how many fat cats there are. <laughs> yeah, we have a good sense <laughs> of cats. our own country's yeah, statistically cat more about, obesity. About us, really. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. everything in America is bloated, right? I mean, and it's about us as a proud American. Yeah. <laughs> and it's... Oh, here's a here's a here's a kid question or a kid statistic. Average cost after financial aid after financial aid to attend NYU for a freshman from a family making thirty thousand dollars a year. I think it's after financial aid. What's it cost for a freshman to go to NYU? Thirty thousand dollars. NYU is really expensive. I think thirty. 28, 17, a lot. More it, than 30. No, it's not more than 30. It's 25,462. Yeah, you were good. You yeah. knew. You knew about NYU. I could, it was like after financial aid. Yeah, it, NYU is super So basically, expensive. NYU was saying, look, I don't care if you are broke. I want the money. Yeah. I want the money. You got to I mean, pay the money. Yeah, it's that expensive to educate your kid here. So good luck with that. Basically. Yeah, NYU, not NY me. I'm not going, <laughs> right? Our daughter's not going to NYU. No, no way. No, go no. to Bennington. Oh, Bennington's uber expensive. That was a, that was super expensive when that we were. That was always college. like they were always the, the most expensive. It was MIT or Bennington. Bennington always like MIT is charging for four hundred thousand, four hundred and ten thousand. You know what though? You can now you can take classes on. Uh, you can take MIT college level classes online you can go to the Khan Academy you can learn everything you want besides our kids are all going to be farriers <laughs> they're all going to be farriers with six packs oh, yeah. yeah Lucy and Fanula farriers no way <laughs> they might you know they have a kind of romantic they're going to have a biodynamic sustainable farm here yes yeah oh what is a bi okay so this is the, we really are going to wrap it up but but now this is a new thing that I just found out today a bi there's, there's an organic farm and now there's biodynamic sustainable farming and what and that means so biodynamic sustainable farming actually came around in the 60s I think and maybe the advent is even earlier but it as I understand it, and I'm probably missing some beats here, but the idea is that the entire farm, between the people living there and the animals living there, is entirely sustainable, creating almost zero waste. So, and there's no pesticide use, there's um, all the food that is not consumed by humans is given to animals, the animals are used as, I mean, everything is used for something useful. Mm -hmm. So that is the biodynamic sustainable ethos. So it goes kind of a step maybe even beyond organic. So it takes uh -huh. it to a whole community level as opposed to just the food produced. It's also about like making this kind of like unending circle between all the way from like fungus to us. Like, well, the, you know. it's that a is, circle of life, everybody. It is, it is sort of metaphorical is. for what is going on on the planet, which is we all are on Earth and everything that we threw away and buried in this landfill and all those pieces of plastic, they are actually still here. So if they don't break down, we're just stuck sitting With next it. to them yeah and so this time in this tiny way they're saying look if the whole world was started operating this way we wouldn't have a giant patch of plastic and garbage in the pacific ocean and they you know? they prove yeah, well, that those it will is be our sustainable that, that we leave behind as zizek says to us it's all the crap that we created and all our garbage that will, you know, will be the thing that truly and lasts the, after we're gone we're near a biodynamic sustainable farm that has done this very effectively since the 70s i think it was founded in 1972 and they are showing by example that it's possible to create almost a zero waste circumstance and live well as human beings or we could do like sweden and norway like they can't they have too much they they're running they out of trash they need garbage Garbage because it runs their plant, their power plants. Their fuel. Oh, then, right, mm. how they get their methane. They run out. 
We wow. could totally help them out. We should We've start digging yes. up our landfills and mm-hmm. shipping that stuff over there. For Send out poop to them. I've got a Fisher Price airport from 1975 they could have. Yes, yeah, stand by, Norway, Sweden. <laughs> yeah. Help is on the way. Okay, uh, that this is. You, you can tell all your friends you are on episode 57 of right. the Jake This of Jake Johansson podcast. Okay. And this is where I usually say thank you to all the listeners. And uh, the thing that I always say is don't give up. There'll be plenty of time to give up later. <laughs>